The following is a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society. Hey, thank you for joining us today. This is Grace in Focus from the Grace Evangelical Society. We are so glad and you are so welcome. Today, Bob, David, and Ken arrive at the last part of Habakkuk, and this last chapter is poetry, and it is a prayer. When God is through answering Habakkuk, Habakkuk is through complaining. He accepts God's answer, and he worships him for it. This is a great lesson, and I hope that you will stay with us for the next few minutes. In the meantime, I want to remind you about our website, faithalone.org. We hope that you'll go there and just peck around and see what's there. There's lots of great things there. One of the things that we really want to be reminding people of these days is our national conference coming up in May. That's May the 22nd through the 25th. We hope that you're planning to be with us May the 22nd through the 25th. Find out details about it and how to register at our website, faithalone.org. Now, gentlemen, today's discussion. Habakkuk, chapter 3. What uh, Can you give us an overview of chapter 3, David? This is essentially Habakkuk's response to what the Lord said in chapter 2, that Essentially, what the Lord said is, the Chaldeans, those horrible people, you thought they were going to get away with it? They're not. And by the way, the judgment upon them is going to be extremely severe. So now what we have in in chapter 3 is Habakkuk's response to the Lord's view of what's going to happen to the Chaldeans, the Neo-Babylonians. It's a prayer. Notice it says a prayer of Habakkuk in verse 1 of chapter 3. So what we're going to see is... He's satisfied with the answer. Yeah, you're right. It's. I think Habakkuk thought he was going to get a, an answer to his second question, and then he'll have a third answer. But he obviously, as you're going to read in this prayer, he is so overwhelmed by the Lord's words in chapter 2 that all he can do is pray to the Lord. Say amen. It's fascinating what he does here. Once again, this prayer is in poetry, Hebrew poetry, and I'll... Trust me, uh, poetry is is a lot more difficult to interpret than just regular narrative like we see in a lot of the historical books. But poetry is wonderful because it it expresses things in very interesting ways. So look at verse 1. It says it's the prayer of Habakkuk the prophet on Shigionot. Shigionot is probably a style of music. You see this in the Psalms, on a few of the Psalms. But it does mean, and I think this is very important to remember, that the word shigianote has this undercurrent of, it's a poem of extreme emotion. I think what the Lord answered in chapter 2 completely overwhelmed Habakkuk to the point where he says, I really don't have any response other than praise. And that's what you see in this prayer. And so that's what it means. This is a guy, he's a very emotional prophet, isn't he? And I just want to say, it just just now, it seems like this parallel with Job, that Job yeah, has all yeah. these questions, and at the end, Job goes, okay, I'm done. Your your answer is, is good. And it seems like the parallel here is the same thing with the Bible. It, it very well yeah. is, yeah. In fact, I think it's Ill- what the Lord did is answer Habakkuk a little more directly than he did Job. And that direct answer completely overwhelmed Habakkuk to the point where he has nothing but praise on his mind. Uh, In verse 2, he says, O Lord, I've heard your speech and was afraid. 
O Lord, revive your work in the midst of years, in the midst of the years, make it known. In wrath, remember mercy. And what we're going to see in this prayer, that last part, in wrath, remember mercy, what he's asking the Lord to do is judge the Babylonians, but have mercy on your own people. He he wants the Lord to do both, and the Lord does do both. Mm -hmm. In the midst of his judgment, there's always mercy. There's always grace. I think as a teacher of the Old Testament, there's grace on every page of the Old Testament, right? including the Ten Commandments. But here we do have grace, too, and and Habakkuk wants the Lord to remember mercy, especially upon his own people. In verse 2, the way we would say it is message received. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's what he's saying in verse 2, don't you? Yeah. I love in wrath, remember mercy. I do, too. I'm almost thinking and picturing in my mind that Habakkuk has tears in his rolling down his cheeks. He's so overwhelmed with the presentation that the Lord gave him that he says, oh, man, I'm shaking. <laughs> I'm trembling. And then he goes into a vision of the Lord, which is a lot of his prayer. And he describes the Lord, his appearance. For example, uh, look at verse 3. God came from Teman, the Holy One from Mount Paran. Those are places that are to the south, east. But notice he says, Selah, his glory covered the heavens and the earth was full of his praise. It's almost as if what he's saying is that the Lord is like the sun rising over these places in the ancient Near East. Mm -hmm. And the reason I say that is verse 4, his brightness was like the light. He had rays flashing in his hand and there was power and his power was hidden. I think that's fascinating that he says that. By the way, his hand, remember, is a symbol of his overwhelming and sovereign power. And then he says in verse 5, before him went pestilence and fever followed at his feet. And you wonder why in the world would that happen with the holy God? I think what he's talking about is the result of God's judgment. Meaning, one person said, instead of pestilence, think burning heat. And instead of fever, think devastation. That's who our God is. He is a God that can devastate those who are wicked, those who are against his will. Both his people and the Babylonians. Absolutely. Right. A righteous God cannot let that exist. And it looks like Habakkuk is reminding everybody that that is indeed one of his ways of judgment. And then he says in verse 7, I saw the tents of Cushan. Cush is what we now know as Ethiopia. The curtains of the land of Midian tremble. Remember, Midia was near and around Mount Sinai. So it's to, both of these places are to the south of, of what's now Israel. Notice it says, O Lord, verse 8, you were displeased with the rivers. Was your anger against the rivers? Was your wrath against the sea that you rode on your horses, your chariots of salvation? I think what he's doing here in a very poetic way He's bringing up what he did to the rivers. Like, what did he do to the Red Sea to deliver his people? What did he do to the Nile River in the plague? And he turned it, it to blood. He turned it to blood. What is interesting here is I think what Habakkuk is saying in a very poetic way is, Lord, you weren't angry with the river itself when you turned it into blood, were you? No. You used that as a manifestation of your sovereign power over nature. Each one of the plagues of Egypt, as we went over in this program, targets not only an Egyptian god, but it also displays an aspect of God's sovereignty, sovereign over nature, he's sovereign over disease, he's sovereign over death and life. 
in Habakkuk is kind of going over the same thing here in this vision of the Lord. And so he describes the Lord there all the way through verse 7, verse 8 and following down to 15, he goes through all the actions on the earth. That's where the rivers come in. You did stuff against the rivers and the sea. And then verse 9, your bow was made quite ready. Oaths were sworn over your arrows. That's that picture of allowing the pagan uh, pagan warrior would say, this arrow is for such and such. And the Lord is using what they would ordinarily hear, street talk, I should say, you know, that what it means is the Lord has a purpose for his judgment. And that's what he's saying. You divided the earth with rivers. The mountain saw you and trembled. Why would a mountain tremble? Because see, in pagan lore, the gods and goddesses dwelled on the top of mountains. Remember Mount Olympus yeah. in Greece? And here, God is so far above that, the mountains even tremble. Notice the overflowing of water passed by, the the rush of water, the deep uttered its voice. The, by the way, the deep is the same word, Hebrew word, as what's in Genesis 1. The Spirit of God hovered over the deep. Same thing. And then notice it says, you march through the land in indignation, you trample the nations in anger. There's that judgment coming through again. You went forth for the salvation of your people, verse 13, for salvation with your anointed. Once again, what does the word salvation mean? Is this deliverance? Is this everlasting life here? No. No. Don't sugarcoat it. Tell me what you really think. (laughs) It's it's deliverance from the Gentile oppression, right? In this case, it's ultimate deliverance from the uh, Chaldeans. Yes. Another word for this would be rescue. The Lord rescued his people from the Chaldeans, the same kind of idea. But isn't it interesting how he pictures this salvation with your anointed? Who's the anointed? That's the Messiah. Right. There are a lot of people that were called anointed. All the kings. Yeah, all the kings. All the, at least the kings of Judah. So which one yeah. are we talking about here? I'd say the king of kings and lord of lords. Ultimately, Christ yeah. himself. And there were several people that were anointed to help deliver his people. Moses was one of them deliverance from Egypt and so on, the Davidic kings on occasion from invaders. But here, I think it's kind of looking forward, not only, I think this is kind of an example of, I don't know if you agree with this, but I got the idea from seminary, double fulfillment of prophecy. There's a fulfillment within the time frame of the prophet, and then there's one ultimate in the far future. And this makes you wonder, what did Habakkuk know here? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, how much did he know? I, I think always he knew. That. I think he knew more than what he's saying. Sure. Here. Yeah. The, the idea. Notice verse fifteen. You walk through the sea with your horses. I think that's the Red Sea, parting of the Red Sea. And see what he's doing is he's saying, Lord, you delivered your people even from slavery in Egypt. You parted the Red Sea. It was truly a miracle. You overrode nature. You know, and and it's pictured with your horses here. So, so you're going to be able to take care of the Chaldeans. So you understand what he's done from chapter verse two to fifteen. It's a psalm of both descriptive and declarative praise. Lord, you are this way, and based upon who you are, you did all these marvelous things. And so, who am I to question you? That's kind of the point here, isn't it? Yes, the Word of God has done a work in His life. And his mind has been transformed. 
uh, or renewed, and his behavior Romans has been 12. transformed. Yeah. yeah, right. So re- renewed mind leads to you know the change in your behavior. And by the way, isn't really the faith a battle for the mind? Yes. Sure. You know, I mean, yeah. the world is trying to squeeze us into its mold, and the Lord says, "Don't be conformed to this world, right. but be transformed." Are we out of time? They're both pointing at the clock that says zero, 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 zero. We need to focus on the clock and And keep keep grace in focus. Thank you both for that great discussion. Would you be interested in some free e-books on topics you hear on this program? Well, if you are, you need to come visit us at faithalone.org. That's faithalone.org. On the site, we've got all kinds of free materials, but one of our popular options is our free ebooks on a range of subjects. They're designed to help you mature and grow in your understanding of the faith and scripture. So come visit us at faithalone.org. That's faithalone.org. We are so thankful for our financial partners who keep us on the air. Every gift is tax deductible and very much appreciated. If you'd like to find out how you can give, go to faithalone.org. Would you like to have a chat with Dr. Bob or one of the guests here on the program? Let me tell you how to reach out to the team. You can get us on our email address, which is radio at faithalone.org. That's radio at faithalone.org. On the next Grace in Focus, we finish up our study of Habakkuk, the Old Testament Minor Prophet. Please join us. We'll be looking for you. This is the Grace Evangelical Society reminding you to always keep grace in focus. The proceeding has been a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society.